This is the Galway Podcast. A good news is Paul Fulcherman, the Laird of G. Wellig, Rattle, and Aaron O'Hod's Starrell show in you. While I'm Glair Cocker, I'm Vera Cotter McGallion and Corlor Eddie Hoare. Uh, it's my great honour and privilege as Mayor of Gawas City welcome the mayor and uh, welcome as mayor the president of ireland michael d higgins and his wife sabina to today's very special event so with that i'd like to introduce michael d higgins gormila maga Mr. Mayor, I thank you very much for your your very very kind work. Indeed, it's good to see uh, Mayor Sabolo up in this part of the world. <laughs> 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 Well, I'm absolutely delighted to be here. What is a very, very special occasion. May I say uh, at the very beginning that since I became president, I've had the opportunity of having a, a certain amount of connection with the appropriate paying of tribute uh, to James Joyce and, of course, that great Goldberg woman, uh, Nora Barnacle. Stephen Joyce, before he died, asked me, uh, well, it was quite a, quite a while before he died, in relation to the, in relation to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure you haven't heard what I have said already. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Joyce asked me, we were discussing the position of Lucia, and he was very, very anxious that the memorial in Zurich uh, would carry a tribute to Lucia because he he's that one hour space for Stephen uh, in the grave. His wife Solange had died and he wanted his ashes <coughs> to be spread where her ashes were. So we arranged and only just a few months ago officially in Zurich we opened a new tribute which is of course uh, uh, it gave effect to what he had asked me to arrange. And it was of course the uh, lovely poem both for my daughter, the room pale, the rose, and so on. So we've, we've done that. And we, Sabine and I, every year, celebrate uh, Bloomsday in, in, uh, in, uh, in, in, in uh, Orson Oakthorne. And it's always a very, very great occasion. But, and I think a great deal of the credit for today goes to my advisor, Claire Powell, who lives nearby here. But, she was among those who were very anxious that we would do something to commemorate something incredibly important. And that is that the influence uh, that Michael Sonny Bodkin had 
on the work of James, uh, uh, James Joyce, both in terms of recollected memory, but also indirectly the influence uh, on Joyce's writing, and not in a single place in Joyce's work. So it's 82 years uh, since the death of James Joyce, and I will be now unveiling a plaque here in Rahung Cemetery to commemorate as well. It's the 110th anniversary of the publication of James Joyce's Dubliners, which includes perhaps Joyce's most famous and celebrated short story, The Dead. I, I do remember in the discussions with Stephen Joyce too, uh, his importance that he attached uh, to this work, saying, for example, that sometimes in the you know, state's in, uh, influence and scholarship, that the Ulysses and the work in it had, in, and the, the criti critical work about it had in fact deflected from some of what he saw, some of the very most important earlier work of James Jones. But to say how has all this come about, uh, Mr. Mayor, thank you for your introduction, but I do want to thank all the county council who's represented by, by, by <coughs> I think, chief executive, and I do want to thank for, for all of your help in being able to bring this to fruition. And indeed as well, I have to say, if I was asked to choose among all of the books on the connections between Joyce and Galway, I wouldn't hesitate for a second in saying that there's Ray Bark's Joyce Country. It probably would be my choice. It is such a very, very, very fun Overwhelmed or overpowered by books, I must say. It's a beautifully produced book. It's a great credit to those. I always refer to people not as publishers but as makers of books because it's a beautifully crafted uh, book. And I want to thank Ray Burke for the assistance that he offered us in relation to tracing uh, the relatives of, of, uh, uh, of, of, um, of, uh, of Michael who was represented today by their, by their, their, their grandmothers. I think Rahun Cemetery and Joyce's connection with it go back, trace back to the 10th of June 1904 when he first met Nora Barnacle, who was born in the Gora Workhouse Maternity Ward, and who until moving to, who, until moving to Dublin in 1904 at the age of 20, had lived in various locations uh, around Galway City. I think in Ray's book, in, and I'm so delighted that he's been able to be with us today, Joyce visited Galway twice, uh, bri uh, briefly in 1909 and for a longer period in 1912. Now, I think uh, there are many things uh, in, 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 in Joyce's work both in terms of the way the, 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 the phrase itself, Rahu, and the, 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 the rhythm of it, uh, it was very attractive to him. What Goldberg provided Joyce, as we all know now, uh, with his life companion, Nora Barnacle. And I think that more recently, some of the better work has been speaking about Nora's uh, influence on, on his literary creativity. When I came in at the age of 19 to go with myself a long time ago, <laughs> I think people were interested in 
did know about it, did she save her soul and so forth because of her connection with James Joyce. Well, Noah was very interesting to Joyce because for a number of number of reasons. And what is, I suppose, most important, there is now general agreement uh, that the story, The Dead, such as at the end of Dubliners, is in fact one of the great stories of the world. It is reflected by the New York Times, described as maybe the finest story in the English language. And when you read it again and again, as most people do, it's full of uh, 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 complexities. But what is in it in relation to Gabriel Conrad and his relationship with his wife Gretchen and so forth, there is so much in a way that will tell you about how Joseph's uh, uh, drawing on the experience of Nora and her great loss and grief. To have someone, as she said in the story, when he said, why did he die? I think he died for me, she said. It is uh, such a powerful, powerful, powerful story. I, I think that Nora now would work and recognise it very much. It was just her sense of story, her sense of recall, and her sense of embedded memory, and that was not simply a idiosyncratic, but also it is coming out in published work now in relation to her writing, is that it is clear that she influenced uh, Joyce's main character, Linda Greta Conrad in The Dead, but also Molly Bloom in Molly Bloom in Ulysses. It was Nora's, and I think uh, here we are now in Rahum, and we're acknowledging something incredibly important, I think, and that is, is that the the fictional character of Michael Fury, who is drawn on for like Nora's experiences with young Michael Feeney, but particularly Michael Sonny Bodkin, who died respectively, uh, separate, 17 and at the ages of 17 and 20. When she said he died at 17, and there's something interesting as well in why the story of the dead is such an incredibly important story. Yes, it is important historically. It's a story that says, if you like, in a in a set of um, uh, in a declining class who are keeping the show on the road by recalling and keeping going the fuss and the simplicity. Well, as we said at the what we have to, every year they have to, they, 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 this gathering so things have to be kept good. But also, if you like. It is at this period when the story was written about how I feel like you can fill the vacuum of love with notions of respectability, which can be invested with a kind of ritualistic importance, which they may not have. I think in 1912, Joyce visited Michael Bodkin's tomb here in Round Cemetery, and I just so want to say how this is a very important event uh, uh, for for, for the relatives of Michael Bodkin. I'm really pleased that Mary O'Connor and uh, Michael Grannies is present today. Mary. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, I see you there. Yeah. Good. Good. Now, I think that here in, 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 in this as well, I think, as he described it, as George described it, he imagined lonely churchyard where Michael Fury lay buried. If Michael Sonny Bodkin is, is a, the, the, the person on whom the picture of Michael Fury in The Dead was based, was laid to rest. And in, in his play Exiles, James Joyce makes 
further reference to Bodkin in the quote, she weeps over Rahum, over him whom her love has killed, the dark boy whom as the earth she embraces in death and disintegration. I remember when we uh, opened the house in Nuns Island, when it was opened first speaking, and we got received a message from uh, Lucia's carer at the time. I asked an older woman who knew one, uh, met Nora at one of these vi- on one of these visits. I said, what would she like? And she said, she wore very large hats and she looked mostly downwards. <laughs> In his poignant poem from uh, 1913, James Joyce again writes, for his poem, She Weeps Over Rahum, Joyce imagined standing with Nora mourning at the grave of Michael Bodkin. Rain on Rahum falls softly, softly falling. Where my dark lover lies, sad is his voice that calls me. Sadly calling at grey moonrise. Now, I think it is unfair to say that the connection of Michael Burke and, uh, and Nora and Joyce was recognised, and Father O'Dowd, whom we lost only so recently, is one of those who wrote about the dead. And he wrote and he said, Although set in a snowy landscape of 1904, when the members of an extended Dublin family and friends gather for the annual epiphany night dance and party at the home of the Mrs. Morkin, the dead reaches a dramatic climax as the chill of past experiences in the West of Ireland permeate the very being of Gresha Conroy. I think there's the great power of that, of the, of the story that is the dead is that it is endlessly challenging. There's no easy way out of the conflict of emotions that is represented in the principal characters. You can't say or conclude, for example, that things with the Conrise would necessarily be better. But what you can say is that memory can't ever be totally suppressed in such a set of way as to kind of gloss over current or present circumstances. The dead is set on the 6th of January 1904, only five months before the date of Ulysses, and significantly the party described in the stories, as I've said, is a celebration of the 12th night, or the Epiphany, a term that is very important to, to, to Joyce himself. As I have said, it has had an extraordinary effect, that story, on so many people. Edna O'Brien I spoke to about it, and she's now happily out of hospital and again, but it was saying is among those who have said that she just finds, finds herself going back to it again and again. It was very referred to by Leonard Cohn, of course, who used the image and used the image of the rain to transpose to Montreal, and of course it was and by, by T.S. Eliot and John Huston, of course, who directed the film adaptation. But what is perhaps notable in how each person who reads it, again I say, finds their own reason for admiration. Yes, in a way the, the style in itself is quite poetic in a way, so that you can avoid some of the depth of, of the, the, the challenges in it. But they, people have, it is richly drawn, and the language of course is lyrical. In its poetic romantic acceptance of all that life and death offer, uh, the death the dead is a linchpin in Joyce's work. It is a, a work of tenderness and passion, of disappointed love and frustrated personal and career expectations. But there is a sense too, and thankfully 
uh, we haven't had the rain today without it. But I think it is in a sense that if the rain is unavoidable falling over Rahu, it is in fact also that the imagination of life is infinite, but the finite, the life itself is finite. And it is dealing with that contradiction as the source of most of the great impulses to culture anyway. So the story is more than a critique of the personal. It offers a critique of the society, the society where the Miss Markins and so forth, they will be replaced by others who will agree in equally challenging fictions to try and keep avoid the reality of what is inevitable death. But I think it is a vision of the enlivening effect that may be found when the living contemplates the lives of those who have died. We are free to make a new fiction, as Joyce Connors has said, and, and also, this is what Joe Connor described it as, where people walk the rainfall of duct responsibilities. I think Joyce's influences on, on that are many. I think, when I think back now uh, uh, to it all, this is a connection we're celebrating today that's a very important one, that makes a great, great important connection with, if you like, the love source of, 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 jo of, jo of Joyce's work. The day takes an extra richness, an extra dimension. And I think I like very much the idea that we're left to draw new conclusions. Is it that, for example, Gabriel, who in the end sees the uselessness of his ironic questioning of Greta, where he says to her, it isn't, is he simply surrendering to a kind of paralysis which is surrounding everything? Or is he saying yes, despite everything? it is important to retain the composure to say one will continue trying to make a life. And the phrases used which are beautiful in a way as well, it is the idea of a killing frost because we not get not only the rain we're getting the killer frost the newspapers were right. So I think if I might finish by simply saying this, but first of all to say, to thank uh, as President of Ireland to say how delighted I am that we're paying tribute to James Joyce and Nora and to Michael Botkin and to all of these, as I said, the love sources of the stories which made how fortunate we are that James Joyce one of the greatest writers in the English language in the, in the world. If I might just finish with this the quotation, if it's appropriate then. Yes, the newspapers were right. Snow was general all over Ireland. It was falling upon the Bog of Allen and further westwards, falling into the waves. It was falling too upon every part of the churchyard where Michael Fury lay buried. It lay drifted on the crosses and headstones, on the spears of the gate and the thorns. His soul swooned as he heard the snow falling through the universe and falling like the descent of their end upon all the living and the dead. Uh, if I could ask people who are right here in this direction just to move slightly in that direction, because I will call on the president to unveil the plan. The reason for our meeting here today, and I can see Joe Shockley right in front of me about it. But before you go, I call on the president to come forward to unveil the plan.
At Salt Hill Media, we record the life stories of older people as a gift for their future generations. We appear to be the only organization on the island of Ireland providing this service. What does that look like? An older person sits and answers questions about their life stories. For instance, what were their holidays like as children? Where did their parents meet? And what were their jobs? Where's their final resting place? And what about their parents? And so on. This is a perfect gift for people who hit another milestone. For example, a retirement gift, entering a new decade, a significant wedding anniversary, or it could just be a regular gift. The clever thing about this is that it is a time capsule to be enjoyed for future generations to come. Some people say, but my life story is not that interesting. It is interesting to those who follow after you. Other people remark, I could do this myself. We say, and so you should. However, more often than not, these life stories do not get recorded. So we advise that you go to salthillmedia.com and book a recording session for three months time. If in three months time, your recording has not happened, then we will do that for you. Go to salthillmedia.com today to book your life recording. Thank you. This is the Galway Podcast. He's going, he's, going, he's going, thank you very much. He's going to introduce it a lot better than I just have. Uh, no. President Higgins and Sabina, Mayor, ladies and gentlemen, it's a great honour to be here today and what I intend to do is spend a few minutes introducing the Lassavakram and its provenance just for a few minutes and then sing four of the 35 verses, don't worry. <laughs> this song has uh, many iterations down through the through the centuries. Lord Gregory, three centuries ago, is said to have seduced and impregnated a young woman, Isabel of Lassa Brockwine. And when she went with the child to their house, his mother betrayed both of them, pretending to be Lord Gregory. And she died afterwards. And of course, it was betrayal, and betrayal is very common in Joyce's works and in throughout his personal life. But today is about Michael Bodkin, Nora's boyfriend before he went up to Dublin. And though frail and broken in body, yet unbroken in spirit, he stole from his own house, went to the garden, threw pebbles up at the house to attract Nora's attention and then offered her tenderly and with frailty and beauty the lass of Akram, knowing that most likely he wouldn't be seeing her again. And he was right. One of James Joyce's 
central epiphanies was when he realized the unending grief that Nora suffered on hearing that Michael Bodkin died. He responded nobly. Uh, he wrote the dead, which as the president said, had them centrally in the play. And then he came here and uh, went back to Trieste and as the president again said, he wrote, she weeps over Rahul. Showing such respect for the grief that she suffered after his death. And thirdly, he learned this song, The Lass of Akram, from Nora's mother. And being deeply aware of the Galwegian provenance of the song, he actually made it as one of his favourite songs. So now I'd like to reprise it in honour of Michael Bodkin because today is about Michael Bodkin. And this song, like the dead, as the president said, one of the greatest short stories in literature. And I think partly because of this beautiful song, because surely this love poem song is one of the great enduring songs of farewell. Alas, of often. <clears throat> If you be the last of Akram, as I suppose you mean to be, tell me the first token that passed between Gregory, don't you remember that night on your hill when we swapped rings of each other's hands sorely against my will? Yours was of the Thank you. 
This has been a Solid Hill Media original podcast and production. This podcast is unfunded. To date, we have not even run ads that generate an income. At Salt Hill Media, we pride ourselves on spreading positivity in a world that we believe can do with it. If you like what it is that we do, then why not support us? You can do so by going to salthillmedia.com and buy us a coffee. Alternatively, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash the Ireland podcast. If you cannot afford to or would prefer not to make a donation, you can support us in other ways by encouraging family or friends to listen. Or you can leave a positive rating on your podcast player. And while you're in there, why not look up Salt Hill Media to see what other podcasts we are producing which may be of interest. Finally, you can follow us on your favourite social media channel. We appreciate all of your support. Thank you. Thank you.